0: Good morning, and welcome to Morning Java. Brought to you as always by Get Go Cafe and Market. Where right now, Tom, they've got that Pilgrim sandwich, and I've been eating it up at Get go this, this month. I'm taking every advantage of my fall get my favorite fall Get Go sandwich, and it's amazing. How you doing, Tom?
1: Wonderful, and uh, always ready to t- always good to talk to you, touchdown maker.
0: Thank you. I'm Chris Carter. He's, he's Tom Reed. Let's talk about the uh, the guy that used to be a touchdown maker for the Steelers. Uh, He got officially released yesterday, but it was announced on Tuesday. Le'Veon Bell, uh, the team's former superstar running back, was uh, released by the Jets after what has been a very interesting ride with the team. Uh, As everyone remembers, he was a star for the Steelers, that he didn't show up for the 2018 season. Uh, He hit the free agent market in 2019. The Jets signed him to a lot of guaranteed money, um, but he never took off there. Adam Gates, the head coach, said, Uh, You know, said he didn't want him there in the first place, and that caused some tension there. Um, And he averaged like 3.2 yards per carry last year. He didn't have a good numbers this year, and he was hurt. Um, And then there was lots of social media drama, and then the team just cut ties. Tom, how weird has it been been to see this kind of – I'm not sure if it's a fall from grace, but a guy go from, you know, being one of the most dominant players in the league to just bouncing around and you know, and he hasn't even seen. We haven't even seen the head cases from him like we have from Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, I think you know, if I were uh, if I were to advising any NFL players, I don't think the Jets would be the first place. I would send anybody for the last like ten years. It's probably an evergreen statement. Um, but you know, some guys, you know, they they see the money, and that's what's going to define them, and they'll figure, well, we'll we'll make it work from there. And sometimes guys get there and realize we can't make this work. Uh, it's, that's been a mess. It's always hard when you get brought in and, and I, it just hasn't worked from the beginning. The, 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 the Jets organization is a mess. Uh, Sam Darnold has not really, really caught on at all. I, I don't think, I, I think I watched Sam Darnold. He's okay. Uh, and maybe it's just that, 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 that they're kind of like where the Browns were a couple of years ago, that they're, they're in such disarray of course the jets always are and again if this is just when you're going into free agency and you get you get what you want this is your chance right this is the chance to pick your team to pick your place where you can be successful and usually places like the jets and the redskins and you know the browns in the past uh you know they're the ones offering the money but with that money a lot of times comes the dysfunction uh that that you're not really thinking of when you're when you're counting the money and let's you know Le'Veon Bell is, is you know no matter what we're saying about him right now, has got paid a lot of money uh, to not do very much. Uh, maybe now with 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 that bankroll he can be a little wiser in where he's going to go because there's no question, uh, Chris. You, you we saw it here in Pittsburgh. Really good running back, such a really good multi-purpose back, and just to see where his career has gone, uh, just on the field problems uh, with the team is just, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I live in Columbus. He's, he's from suburban Columbus, outside of Columbus, and such a good player to have just, and again, it's not injuries. It's not like he's old. It's just that he picked a really bad franchise and a head coach who seems like he's on borrowed time right now. I, I can't imagine Adam Gase is going to be there
0: next year. But where is he going to go? Because that's the next question. Uh, His career is not over yet. He's 28 years old. You know, that's around the age when you start to, you know, look at running backs and say, all right, what you got left, man? But, um, you know, a a lot of Steelers fans were like, Steelers, bring him back. But we all know that's not going to happen. There's no way that's happening. But there's got to be locations in the NFL that are going to say, hey, come over here. We'll give you a shot.
1: Well, again, now that he's, you know, he's made – his money, he, it, I think it becomes a pride factor at some point, you know, is this how you want your, your career to be defined to the massive flame out? So maybe he's going to now look at teams. No one's going to, you know, no one's probably going to touch him uh, that contract. So he's going to become an unrestricted free agent, going to be able to go where he wants. Uh, you would hope if, if, if there's a guy who still wants to be a really good player to find a fit, to find a contending team, you would think that's what where what, what teams would kind of be interested in him right now, uh, and and go from there and, and maybe get his career going again. I don't know exactly what team. I, I guess there were there have been t- thoughts of maybe maybe New England, maybe Miami, uh, are teams that you have heard out there already. Uh, you know, New England would probably be a good a, a decent spot for him to go. Uh, we've seen what kind of what kind of success uh, Bill Belichick has had, not always with. With uh, guys that put up, you know, thousand-yard seasons, but are but can be very productive there in in multi-purpose roles. Uh, we'll see. But you're right. I I think we can scratch Pittsburgh off. We know Cleveland doesn't need him because they've got two good backs when healthy. Uh, so we'll see. But it's it's certainly closing out a really uh, sad
0: chapter in his career. So Tom, everyone knows now that the Pirates have the first overall pick in the upcoming MLB draft. And, of course, the guy that everyone's talking about is Kumar Rocker. And you wrote a piece uh, about him uh, that's that's on our website right now.
1: Yeah, just a a quick, you know, he uh, had some media availability uh, along with his coach uh, at Vanderbilt today. It's really the first time we've, uh, I think, the Pittsburgh media has had an opportunity to talk to him since it's been clear now that Pittsburgh is going to have the first-round pick. Funny thing today was kind of ask about the uh, tank for Kumar hashtags that were, were that were on uh, Twitter there last month or so in Pittsburgh and maybe some other cities. And he laughed about it. and He said, yeah, he saw that kind of stuff. But he's clearly focused on just trying to get through his last season. Uh, you know what's weird? I don't cover a lot of baseball, uh, but it's one of those sports where like he's not even going to be drafted until next July, we're used to, like, when we talk about guys who may be phenoms in different sports and in football or, or basketball or, or even hockey, they're going, to be there, they're going to be here in a couple months, right? You know, the first-round pick, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, goes from being drafted to a couple months later being in the lineup for Cincinnati. You know, we may not see Kumar Rocker, if that's the choice, for, for quite a while. So, And I think he's got a very uh, very good head on his shoulders. <clears throat> he's in a very good program. You know, this is a kid that went through the draft process out of high school, decided he was going to go to college to, a, a you know, a fantastic university, Vanderbilt, for education, first of all, but a tremendous baseball program. And, um, you know, that's a, a program that has produced so many great major leaguers. Uh, there's there's three – I think they have three pitchers in the NLCS. Wow. So he's in a good spot. I think if, if you're a Pittsburgh fan and you know this guy is going, probably not going to be uh, – Your guy, or maybe your guy, for another year. I don't think there's a better place for him than at Vanderbilt uh, with a coach that has produced a lot of major leaguers with a program from David uh, from Price to all these different players who have been so good. I think it's a very good spot for him. And one other point on this is a guy who may be the second pick in the draft or top three or four, depending on which way they want to go, is also at Vanderbilt, uh, Jack Leiter. Uh, So they're going to they'll uh, you know i 'm sure that the Pirate Scouts will be spending a lot of time around the Vanderbilt program this year, taking a good long look at this guy because because lighter was really good last year as a freshman, albeit it was a very short season because things got wiped out pretty quickly uh, but it 'll be interesting to see how this goes, and of course uh, he's like like I said uh, Kumar is really just focused on this coming season and putting up the numbers that he 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 put up when he was a freshman leading the Commodores to a college World Series, that he's eager to show that he can do it again. And I, again, I think it's a good situation for Pirates and the fans to see him and Leiter as, as this season goes through. Hopefully, you know, as we say with COVID and all those things going on, hopefully, if the season goes off fine, uh, we'll start to get some uh, some some better idea of where these guys are in February and March.
0: I think I, I agree with you there. The biggest thing for me is that I, I think the Pirates fans everywhere are concerned. You know, they had to gut their last team that was that was that was any good, and now you know everyone's talking about the rebuild. But this pick ha- represents the first real chance to get that rebuild going in the right direction with a superstar that's going to contribute and be part of whatever the next core is for the Pirates that could make a push. It does seem like it's important to me that this guy, that whoever they pick, does come from a strong background and knows a winning culture, so that when he comes to the team and they're trying to change the tone of everything, that they can endure whatever hardships are going through. The team is going through, and then if they can get there, be able to perform and set that new standard that they want the the the, the ball club to be at.
1: Well, yeah, you raise an interesting point because he's known not yeah uh, you know a rocker has known nothing. You still there? Yeah, keep, nothing, going, keep going. Nothing but winning. I mean, he's, he's been a winner his entire career. Uh, again, tremendous success in college. And as we know in other sports, sometimes that can weigh on guys. that, that then, go, then go to somewhere where the winning, you know, isn't automatic. Now, now you would think – I don't think this is going to be a guy that we're going to see in the lineup next. August or whenever he gets drafted, it may be maybe a year or two away. So we'll see if the Pirates in the meantime can can build up some stability around the organization before they actually get him. Uh, that way I think would, would, would help them greatly uh, in, in trying to bring this new guy in.
0: So, okay, final topic. Of course, Tom, we got to talk about the huge matchup this weekend. It's the 4-1 and Browns versus the 4-0 and Steelers. Never thought I'd say that, Uh, but here we are. The Browns coming off four straight wins, just like the Steelers. Um, They got got beat up by the Ravens in week one, and since then have gone on to win four straight, and they're coming off a big win against the Colts where they, they were able to You get a pick six on Phillip Rivers. The Browns lead the NFL with 12 turnovers, but the Steelers lead the NFL with 20 sacks. The Browns have the number one rushing game in the NFL. The the Steelers have the number two rushing defense in the NFL. This has the makings of being a very good divisional showdown Sunday at Heinz Field.
1: It sure does. It's it's, it's just so, you know, you have to go back to 1994, 1994, when both teams were at least three games over 500 when they met. Uh, that was the end of the season, like December 18th of that year. The year they played three times. They, they would then meet in the playoffs. The Steelers won all three of those games. And that was a pretty good Browns team. Uh, sadly for the Cleveland, it was really kind of the beginning of the end of the franchise at the time because they would en- announce moving the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was a team – we talked at the beginning of the year about 8-8 eight and eight was a good – good record for this team now they've they've gotten off to a good start uh, you know they they were blown out in the game that you know I don't think there's any shame in losing that game uh, but they have certainly found ways to win and the biggest stat I see in this in what has helped this team so much is their run heavy team right they really like to run the ball even with uh, Nick Chubb out uh, they have only trailed in this during this four game uh, winning streak for 30 minutes and three seconds. That's just not what we're used to watching the Browns. Usually when the Browns are coming from behind to win games. Uh, But they have have made Baker Mayfield kind of into that kind of game manager. He's embraced the role. Uh, They're finally starting to get, you know, some contributions uh, from OBJ, who last year had such a hard time. Uh, I think he was kind of hurt all year. Uh, There was all kind of dysfunction with the team. He's starting to look like the guy that we recognized early in his career with the Giants. Jarvis Landry's been a good player there the whole time. He just, again, with all the dysfunction, it's been hard. But the, you know, the the elephant in the room here, of course, is Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett is having uh, an MVP start to his season this year. I I hate to say that to Pittsburgh fans, but he really is. I mean, both he and TJ Watt are both playing well, but, Miles Garrett has had a tremendous start to the year. I think uh, has forced three fumbles, has six yep. sacks, has recovered two fumbles, and is really uh, you know on a defense that has uh, str- struggled in many ways. Well, let me get to the point here, but he's just been terrific. I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird defense when you look at the numbers because they're 25th in 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 points allowed, so they're they're hemorrhaging points and yardage. But as you said. They're number one in takeaways, and a big part of it is the kind of the pressure that he's applying. Uh, and unlike in Pittsburgh, where there's three or four guys that can help T.J. Watt, who I, I think is their best defensive player, uh, he really doesn't have that. That's not a very good secondary, and you have to think that Ben Roethlisberger and that core of receivers is licking their chops uh, to get at that Brown secondary if they can if they can keep Ben upright.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting challenge for the Steelers. Uh, especially because it looks like Kevin Dotson's going to be playing at at right guard uh, with David DeCastro's injury situation. But Jakuma Korofor has been strong this year. Uh, Marquis Pouncey looks like he's ready to be back. They're also getting Stefan Wisniewski. So maybe he fills in instead of Dotson. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, But – um, you, you, have to, you have to think that this is going to be a very interesting trench war. The Browns' offensive line has been very strong, but the Steelers have had the best defensive front in football. Again, they lead the NFL in sacks. And, and yes, Miles Garrett does have six sacks and five gains. TJ Watts, four and a half uh, through four. They're both on that kind of a tear. I think it's going to come down to which which, which stars on defense make more plays and who can avoid the turnovers. I'm really interested to see how the Steelers can put Baker Mayfield into those situations to force more turnovers. He's thrown four interceptions so far this year and he really hasn't played, you know, the the Colts were a good defense, but I think the Colts are also living high off the hog of of, of where, where they've been early on. I'm not so sure that they'll sustain that, but he's, he's thrown four interceptions, you uh, you know, so far this year. Ben Roethlisberger's only thrown one and he's been much more efficient with the football, I think that the, the compared efficiency as far as who will make more mistakes against the opportunistic defenses that both team both these quarterbacks face is going to be a huge turning point for whoever can win this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that in talking to some people around the league at the beginning of this season, uh, before the season started, is is you know this is an, this is a different Ben than we're used to seeing. He's an older Ben. He's not the guy that's going to run around all the time. And I think one of the things that has been very interesting and uh, DK brought this up in his column and I, I uh, it, it saw this stat over the weekend is that he's getting rid of the ball much quicker than we're used to watching him get rid of the ball. I think he's in the top five, six in the league in just getting, get, getting rid of passes. Now, of course, he's throwing a lot more short passes than we've seen. Maybe part of it is because he's not hitting on the long ones, but he is getting rid of the ball quicker. And I think that, that, that even Frank, People that like Ben, sometimes they it's just like, a, oh, God, Ben, just get rid of the ball. They, you know, he, he loves to try to hold on to it and make the big plays. This year, he seems like he's taking what's there and getting rid of it. We saw that in the game in Philadelphia, 16 dropbacks in the second half. He didn't get pressured on any of them. Now, that's A, a function of the offensive line playing well, and B, he's making quick decisions. I think he was getting out of 2.02. You can't sack a guy that's getting the ball off at two point zero two. So we'll see if that continues, or if he if you wonder again, he looks at that Browns secondary and says, "Oh, just give just give Claypool or give Deontay a little bit more time." So we'll we'll see which Ben we that the Steelers get on uh, on Sunday. But again, everyone knows what
0: Ben's record against the Browns is. That hey, the Steelers haven't lost to the Browns since two thousand three at home, and. Right. That's a, that's a remarkable number. There are over 13 Whipple schools with more wins at Hines Field than the Cleveland Browns. We'll see if the Browns can get their first win since Tommy Maddox was the starter on Sunday.